Chapter 1 of Paul's letter to the 
this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you know, there's this you know, this discussion or the man was talking to Jesus and Jesus says, I love you. And that doesn't mean that we're supposed to just love our neighbor like that. That's another story when we review Mark. We'll get back into that one. My point in bringing you all the way back to here to really make sure we're getting a good running start on this and avoiding a trap for ourselves personally of thinking this is He first loved us. He initiated it all. Right? Amen? So any attempt to try to exercise this kind of love is all going to be hindered and it's going to be just not going to be beneficial. And we try to turn that around. And we try to love our neighbor, whoever that person may be, and that person's going to be wherever it is. But that's how we love God. Getting with your child and you saying, make it about God, point it back to God, know No one has all the prophetic powers. No one does. No one, no 
and no one has all the knowledge. And if I have all the faith, not just all the faith, but faith so big that everyone could see it, it includes this miss about you. Then what is the miss? Right? No one's going to miss that. So as the move mountains, God cannot but need another identity. I am nothing. That is my identity, and it's nothing. It's empty. It's vapid. It's worthless. Says, um, 
It doesn't exist on its own. And again, all of these things weave to each other. All of this move, moving through how you act and how each one of these things, because if all these things don't line up with giving expression to the Holy Spirit, and God doesn't have a hold of your heart, and you're not better and better at giving expression with what's happening, it's all going to move right through. It's just another one of those. Thank you. 
open it. I can I've seen our friends to help us read and let that happen.
pursue and love everything else else, everything else else else. Fight for love, maybe even difficult marriages. Stop fighting about that marriage. Submit to God and love God and love Jesus and fight for your love and your relationship with Jesus and God and forward and back and everything else will fall into place. It will be more natural that way. But love God, love Him, love your husband and everything else. But love people and the church and your community and your family. Pursue it.
Abraham, Abraham would have seen it as a threat. But even more, he prophesied. Now, the one who prophesied was greater than the one who preached. And Abraham must have understood that the priest was supposed to say that. And so, to what end is Paul teaching all of this? It's not to build up the church. It's not to build up the church. And that might be a, a, a good rubric for us. Is what I'm doing building up the church? Am I building up the church? Am I together with you? Do I have that sense of togetherness? And the way I'm doing it is building up the church, yes? And he points out the weakness of tongues, and it's just not fair to build up the church. Like Heather just said, a tongue is a gift from God. Paul has that power. Give me this. I bring you this up. Revelation, the knowledge of God, and these things are given. If even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, you're not giving me that, right? Can anyone send you a gift to Holly for Sunday for the album? gives an indistinct sound, who will give glory to God? I mean, we don't have ways of communicating to talk back. We can't really do those things. And so if I'm going to find cards, how do they know when to go? Is it because the cards are just hitting the point to play? Is this the point to do this thing? And doesn't everybody understand this thing? So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that's not intelligible, They did speak in tongues, and they had all of those languages present, but none is without meaning. It, but if I do not know the meaning of a language, I will be a foreigner <laughs> to the speaker and a speaker of foreigner to me. Maybe all of thinking about, again, having to memorize every time you talk to the teacher, rattling things off to you. So with yourselves, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, Therefore, knock it off. No. You are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit. So strive to excel in building up the church. That's the point. And be eager about that. But what you're doing isn't building up the church. That part you need, you need to knock that off. Okay? Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should say it that he may interpret. Well, can you say this whole thing in one tongue? Because I put in the tongue, my spirit prays. Instinctively, spirit, how will anyone in the position of an outsider say, or you know, they have no idea what 
gonna get to make a song with strange people, and they're gonna have like an unusual story to tie it to. That's what this is gonna be about. People and unconventional people. They're gonna be on their absolute very best. They're still not going to listen. It's the most important thing that you can respond to that God would speak. Accept my son. Receive my son. Acknowledge my son. But what ends up happening? Rebel, 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 rebel. That's kind of not a sign for believers, but for what? For believers. Why is that? Well, prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. This is an important distinction. And when we go back through and we do a study and hopefully we'll find it in the scriptures, in the in the New Testament or the old, um, it's always a sign of judgment because of unbelievers not receiving the clear, obvious miracle that's happening. So let's turn on the tape and go back to Acts chapter 2. And that's exactly what happened in martyrdom. It's also in the book. And then we'll be back. No, no, that's okay. We got we got uh, we got Daniel to read later. So therefore, since many chiefs come together and all speak in tongues, and outsiders or believers enter, will they not say they have a different did that. They did that back in Acts 2, but they don't say they have a different language. But the problem is, the way that the Corinthians were performing tongues is at play here in terms of the Corinthians. Because the entire church, and they're all speaking in tongues, and it's, there's not order. Because remember what the entire point is. Again, Jonathan went, pivoted at the end of chapter 14, which ended, I should say, in verse 33, it says, quote, it's going to get to you. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, or not a God of chaos, but of order, I think, in that category. Again, that's what he's heading with all of this. Because that's what's happening is confusion and chaos within the church. And that doesn't build it up. He says, but if I'll prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he's convicted. Why? Because you're speaking the oracles of God. You're, you're speaking truth and revealing who God is. He's called into account by us to see that the peace heart is disposed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you, and that's the way. That's what you want people to see. And you're distracting people by showing up in a disorderly way, and you can't get the message out that way. Right? Which then, right? When we come together, we sing hymns and blessings, revelations, tongues, interpretations. That's fine. But let all things be done for building up. Again, he's not saying knock it off with any of these things. Come together. Have a hymn. Have a lesson. Have a revelation. Have a tongue. Or an interpretation. No. Here's the thing. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or more than two. And each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, either keep silent in the church and keep to yourself and to God.
so you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn, all may be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. But that is why God is confusing right now. confusing your thoughts peace order and your distractions you're not allowing the church to be built up right now so it's not okay but we need to have prophets subject to prophets so when someone does speak something other people can say oh well that's a lie that's not true because the point of prophecy isn't to invent new things that god could do through it it's to speak the truth and reveal who god is and point people back and so all the measuring stick for all prophecy has to come back to Okay, but before we get to this point, I'm sorry, sorry, Lee. Um, what's the point? We we just need to have more prophecy. So I think we need to take this to the next level and make sure that we're preparing people as we have spiritual gifts to minister to them in their gifts. But we're not going to be able to speak. There should be in scripture something that says that the that the gifts of speaking are kind of apostolic and prophetic. But in scripture it doesn't say that. setting us a precedent and saying, look, all the churches need to be holding to this. The, the women leaders should be silent when they speak, but they're not permitted to speak, but they should give submission to the apostles, and if there's anything that goes in above the pastor head, who is this talking to? Women should have husbands. We're talking women who have husbands. We're not talking about women in general. We, we should say wives here. Let them ask their husbands. That poor little woman who doesn't have a husband thinking, like, who do I look like? They, she wasn't the problem. Here's what I think is going on here. And, you know, to, to use style and Greek style of writing tends to be like this, where you get this side of the story. You don't get all the little background stories. It's not like reading Paul had 
Jesus himself allowed women to learn, why would you be learning if you're not going to eventually be speaking out, right? And Jesus already knew that Satan was already a shadow. He would have given that clear direction back then. But because of those specific issues that happened in this church in Ephesus in this time, they took it out. And they were breaking the, the law, the, the norms of what they should be doing.
Davis, a recovered Christian pastor, and um, this is really what it means. The letter is a W Dexter, so I'll try to put on my Hebrew point A to a W is a but it's glossolalia, and you get other glossary from it, so it's just kind of like it is what it means. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, and no, because Paul, I mean, Paul does address the reality of being able to speak and not speak in tongues, which is exactly what he's saying. Bizarre, but he's saying don't do that in public. That doesn't make any sense. You need to be edified. And anytime you talk to your friends, you go back to Acts 2 again and look at what Thomas says. It's always a closed thought. It doesn't instruct. It doesn't give a word of knowledge to anybody. This whole thought, every time tongues is mentioned for those two things, it's either an account of unbelievers and a closed thought. Every time it's mentioned, oh, I'm speaking in tongues. It's an exciting gift. It's, it can be showy. That's Paul's issue with it. Um, but I, um, it is a tongue. It's an actual language. I don't know that you're going to understand um, the language of God in that sense. But I, I know of people who have no way to explain it. One of my absolute favorite Bible teachers discovered it years, 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 much to the place of he was probably reading it in other Bible studies and he said tongues and Galileo. And it um, and it was almost issue. A few days after he got saved out of atheism, he was praying and praising God. And he started speaking in tongues. He didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it was. Two days after he got saved. And so that was many years ago. He felt he would speak about this and talk about that and talk about the importance of this gift. And probably some of you guys are probably familiar with the tongues of speaking. But yes, we can talk about that. And we'll have a little bit of time for that on Sunday when we have the worship service. So I've uh, I've come a long way because I grew up hardcore sensationalist. Absolutely zero Therefore, the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues. What's the process? Everyone's rattling on in tongues. How is that helpful? Are they going to fall as crazy? Yeah. They're probably going to be just not orderly at all. They're going to just go crazy. A couple things on that. Therefore, unbelievers, because historically they always were, that's why he points back to Isaiah. This historical reality of what tongues meant. And then he goes on to talk about his own usage of tongues. Tongues was a thing that he also used, which indicates that is because 